The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks, episode number 29, and this is being recorded a little bit early. We're going to break down UFC 207, being headlined by Ronda Rousey and Amanda Nunez. We'll talk about a little bit of MMA uh, news and noise, news, news and noise. There's got to be some way to combine that word. Yeah. Those words. I'm sure there is. Uh, It's probably better than the combination we're about to try, which is... Uh, Captain Morgan cannon blast uh, shot, I guess, and Jameson castmates. So, uh, joined by Jeff the Animal Wilson once again here in Florida. How's it going, Jeff? Dude, it is awesome. I'm a happy camper just rocking and rolling. All right. Well, what do you say we kick this thing off and we try this uh, shot of Captain Morgan cannon blast? Yeah, and then I'll tell you my thinking behind buying this. Sure. Ooh, I like it. All right. It's got a little kick at the end. Yeah, it, it's got a little burn to it. It's not as smooth as you would think um, Captain Morgan, because Captain Morgan's pretty... The spice rum is is pretty smooth. So this is a 70-proof shot, and it comes in a cannonball bottle, and I'm guessing that has something to do with why you wanted to pick this up. Yeah, it looked awesome. Uh, I just like the bottle's design, and also I like Captain Morgan, so I figured let's give it a try. Yeah. Uh, it does have a little bit more kick than I expected, but it's good. I feel like it's going to clear out this cough I have. Yeah, Captain Morgan is is pretty consistent. I, I like their spiced rum. It's usually a, like a go-to. Captain and Coke is, you know, pretty staple bar order. Um, this is a little, the Cannon Blast is a little bit spicier than the spiced rum. So it's got that that burn isn't necessarily an alcohol burn. It's almost like a like a pepper burn, but yeah. it's it's nice. It's got it's got a nice peppery flavor to it, which I, I didn't expect. I expected it to be more like the Captain Morgan spiced rum. Or there was um Captain Morgan had put out a couple of years ago a uh, tattoo, which was a black rum. And that, that one had a very different spice than the normal. And uh, when I was in college, we used to get that all the time and do shots of it. I would compare it to like a Jägermeister maybe. Okay. Uh, but it was, a, it was a rum. In any case, I, I, I was expecting to not like this Cannon Blast just because it was kind of cheesy with the Cannonball. I, and usually, you know, the packaging has to make up for a poor product <laughs> in my experience anyway. So I, I was anticipating... Uh, not liking this, but it's actually, it's actually pretty tasty. Yeah, I like it. All right. Um, it wasn't too expensive either. Yeah, that was the other thing that was kind of a red flag because it was only, what was it like, sixteen bucks? Yeah, like yeah, something like that. All right. So if you're looking to, to kick off your party with a bang for UFC two hundred seven, uh, I guess we would recommend pick up a bottle of Captain Morgan Cannon Blast and and do a couple of shots before. Uh, blast off on this card. 
Uh, do you want to get into the card, or, or should we try this Jameson? Yeah, let's try this Jameson. Yeah, let's just get right into it. This might be a messy episode, so um, enjoy. I hope you're drinking along. That's really smooth. Yeah, so we're doing this Jameson on the rocks, of course. I'm sure you can hear the ice clanking around. So Jameson, uh, I'm sure everybody's familiar with uh, Jameson Irish whiskey. So Irish whiskey, as opposed to American whiskey, is uh, distilled in metal. And it's usually not aged in barrels, which gives it the brown color, which is why Jameson is a little more yellowy. So this cask mix is a little bit darker than Jameson typically is. So what they do, you want to explain this one, Jeff? Yeah, and I saw this in a TV commercial for Jameson. What they did was they distilled this particular whiskey bill in barrels of craft beer. Yep. So they wanted that crafty smoothness to go into the the whiskey, and I think they did an awesome job. I really like it. It's so smooth going down. Yeah, it kind of gives it more of an American whiskey vibe because, you know, your typical American whiskeys and bourbons are, are usually aged in wood. So this one we're actually drinking, it says Stout Edition. So I'm guessing that they used barrels that had stout craft beer. Um, I'm actually surprised it's not a little bit darker it still kind of has that jameson um yellowness to it but it is super smooth i'm, I'm really i'm really kind of digging this and uh i'm, I'm kind of surprised that it complements the captain morgan pretty well because you know the spice kind of eases you into the smoothness of the whiskey yeah definitely but uh i don't know if our stomachs are going to be too happy with this well we'll just have to wait and be surprised <laughs> which is uh, also what we're going to have to do for this UFC 207 fight card because we're going to start breaking it down now and it's only Tuesday, December 20th so we're, we're getting this episode done pre-holidays uh, and this fight card is 10 days away and I was looking over the card we were, we were out to lunch earlier and we were looking over the card it's a lot better than I anticipated it to be because I wasn't Obviously, the marketing has all been surrounding Ronda Rousey. I mean, if you don't know anything about fighting, you wouldn't even know who she was fighting. Yeah. And the person she's fighting is the women's 135-pound champion of the world and a, a complete badass in Amanda Nunez. So, and Joe Rogan has even come out to say that it's bizarre that these, this fight card is only being promoted around... Uh, ronda rousey and there's no mention of amanda nunez in any of the promotion really uh so what do you think do you think this is smart on the part of the ufc or is it fucked up to amanda nunez or some combination of both i think it's a combination of both um because if ronda goes out there and loses which is not going to happen but you know (laughs) if it does then you know the whole company looks pretty bad um and also how much training has Ronda gotten? We don't even know. Like, yeah, you see her training a little bit, boxing with uh, hitting pads with Edmund in one of the promotional videos. But, sure, you know, we don't really know what's going on. But there have been a couple pictures online, and Ronda looks really fit in them. Yeah, and supposedly she's, like, already on weight, which is unusual for her. She looks really trim. So, uh, obviously, she's been training hard because... She's she's lost a bunch of weight. Um, 
I might be worried that she may even come in too small against Amanda Nunez, who's a powerhouse. You know, she's got some serious power, especially in the first round of a fight. I like how you kind of snuck a prediction into your <laughs> into your breakdown there. But do you think that it would make the company look really bad if Ronda loses? Because wouldn't that just kind of validate Amanda Nunez as the champion? And then kind of let her build a name for herself in the public eye? Because there's going to be quite a few eyes on this uh, contest here. Yeah, see, here's the problem. Is no one really... Okay, everybody was shocked when Holly Holm beat Ronda. Mm-hmm. But that's because there had been a lot of build-up for Holly Holm. Sure. You know, they've been talking about her 19 world titles in women's boxing. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I mean, for those of us who know fighting and who follow it really well, I feel like it it's not really worth it to build up Amanda Nunez just because she took a beating against Kat Zingano and lost that fight. Okay. And then Ronda Rousey beat Kat Zingano in about 30 seconds with an armbar. So sure. it's like by the transitive property... I don't think this fight is going to go well for Amanda Nunez. Okay, I don't think I'll be able to spell transitive property after uh, a few more sips of this uh, Jameson castmates here. But I, I see what you're saying. I think that the Holly Holm victory over Ronda Rousey was more surprising because Holly hadn't really gotten her bearings yet as an MMA fighter. We know that she had an impressive boxing record, although I think a lot of people hadn't seen a lot of that footage before she fought Ronda, so that's why that kind of came out of the blue. We know what Amanda Nunez can do. We know that she comes out there like a bat out of hell, and she's one of the most dangerous women in the division for the first three or four minutes or so. And if you can kind of weather that storm, uh, she gets less effective as the fight goes on. Even her teammates have said that if once it gets out of the first, second round, you know, she's pretty much gassed out because I guess she puts everything into trying to finish the fight in the first round. Um, in that sense, they're very similar, but uh, this style tends to play into Ronda's strengths. And I've, I've said this on past episodes before. If Ronda shows up and she is mentally able to deal with the storm that is Amanda Nunez, Amanda's style plays right into Ronda's strengths because people who charge at Ronda and get overly aggressive with her get thrown to the ground and submitted quickly. And even though Amanda Nunez is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I don't think she'll be able to handle the speed and the judo of Ronda. Now, that being said, if Ronda doesn't come in mentally prepared and she hasn't fully recovered from that loss against Holly Holm because she hasn't fought since she lost the title over a year ago. And we know that she took it very hard, and it, it's it been a difficult year for her, and we haven't heard a lot out of her, uh, especially for someone who is in the public eye so much. And a lot of people have been comparing it to how Conor McGregor bounced back against his loss against Nate Diaz, where he wanted to avenge it immediately, and got back into the cage as soon as possible. So, all that being said, if Ronda Rousey shows up, skill set for skill set, I say she runs through Amanda Nunez. But if Ronda Rousey is not mentally prepared, then she's in for another rough night here because Nunez is very dangerous in those first couple of minutes. So, if if Ronda lets her mental guard down, 
or or slips for a second, uh, Nunez is going to capitalize on it. Um, there have been rumors that this is going to be Ronda's last fight. Uh, she came out on Conan O'Brien's show and said that she'll be done soon, maybe not immediately after this one. Uh, where do you see Ronda's career going if she loses? And where do you see her career going if your prediction is right and she takes a title from Amanda Nunez? If she loses, I think she'll be done. She, mm-hmm. um, just judging on how she reacted to the initial loss to Holly Holm. However, if she wins, I think that, and Holly Holm wins her next fight, I believe. Actually, she's fighting for the 145-pound belt, so scrap that. Yeah, but um, if I don't she, think we'll see those two fight again. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, dude. See, if we never see them fight again, I have a problem with it. Because then... You know, Ronda never gets to take back that loss. Uh, I don't know if you've seen these Reebok commercials where she talks about not being perfect and, you know, perfect doesn't get a second chance. Sure. Perfect doesn't get a rematch. Mm-hmm. By the same token, you can't really justify Holly Holm getting a title shot at 135 since she has two losses in a row. But, and again, I don't know how you can justify giving her a title shot a weight class up. So I don't know if 145 is where she wants to stay. I think she's only taking the fight because it does have a title attached to it. Uh, She does seem like, I mean, she's big, but she still seems like a natural 135-er to me. Um, I think that she's just having a hard time in that division right now. Uh, Granted, we're seeing a lot more talent come up as of late, especially. Um... I, I don't see Ronda retiring if she wins the fight, but uh, if she loses, then I, I'm on the same page with you. I think it's probably the last time uh, we see Ronda Rousey in the octagon, and I, I think she'll go on to other things. Obviously, she has, uh, you know, she's well spoken. She probably has a career in acting, or or in some other. Some other field? Uh, what do you think? I don't know, dude. I've seen her act in a few movies. I haven't been crazy about it. But, you know, there's classes for that and stuff. So Yeah, and, and she'll have more time to devote to it. Yeah, and, you know, she's got that it factor, you know? Yeah, for um, sure. But, again, the biggest I think the biggest factor in this whole fight is Ronda Rousey's mentality. Because Amanda Nunez is a tough chick. We know she's going to go in there guns blazing. Um, but Ronda, we don't know... We don't know what's going on inside her head, so we got to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, speaking of the the head and the mental game, there's been a lot of trash talking and banter that's been very awkward between um, the competitors and the co-main event. 135-pound uh, champion Dominic Cruz and Cody Garbrandt, who is technically not even close to the number one contender. I don't think he's ever even beaten anybody in the top 10 off the top of my head. Um, His last victory was over Mizugaki, who I think was ranked 13th or 14th, somewhere around there. And it was impressive. I mean, he kind of talked his way into a title shot here. Uh, It's hard to deny that that TJ Dillashaw is probably the number one contender, and he's taking a fight on this card as well, even though he's unhappy about Cody Garbrandt getting the title shot. But Regardless of the politics here, this is the fight we have. It's the co-main event. Uh, We talked a little bit about this last week and 
kind of the awkward trash talk between these two. And, you know, Cody Garbrandt's girlfriend has been talking trash to Dominic Cruz on Instagram and, and Cruz lashed out at her. And, you know, he said that he, uh, he was able to buy a house just <laughs> with the money he made uh, in victories over Team Alpha Fail, as, as, he, uh, as he referred to them. And he's riding pretty high right now. The only man to ever beat him has uh, retired. And uh, he's, he's got quite a test ahead of him because we've never really seen Cody Garbrandt get tested. He's, pretty, he's had it pretty easy against the competitors, but uh, the counter-argument to that would be that he hasn't competed really against anybody who's ranked. So I, I know we touched on it last week, but how do you see this fight going down, Jeff? I think Cruz gets it. I think his footwork is way too good. I think he's too elusive. He's too good at punching you and then not being there when you counter. So I feel like Dominic Cruz can get it. But we have seen some weaknesses in terms of uh, leg kicks. We saw that work really well for TJ Dillashaw Mm -hmm. towards the end of their title fight. But, uh, you know, I don't think Cody Garbrandt's got enough in the tank. Uh, Yeah, he's got good wrestling. He's got some power in his hands. But I don't think he's going to be able to catch Dominic Cruz. Yeah. Do you think Cruz will be able to mix things up the way he is against other guys he's fought because he's great at mixing in those takedowns. But like you said, Cody Garbrandt does have a pretty high wrestling pedigree. I think he can... I honestly feel that Dominic Cruz can take down just about anybody. Uh, we saw him do really well against Uriah Faber, take him down a few times in their last fight. And even when Uriah Faber went for one of his first takedowns, Dominic Cruz ended up on top. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as Cruz is good everywhere. Uh, he may not have the same knockout power that maybe Cody Garbrandt or John Lineker or TJ Dillashaw have, but he's very well-rounded. So I feel like it's going to be a long night for Cody Garbrandt. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it could definitely go that way. And, uh, you know, we haven't seen what else Cody Garbrandt has to offer. We, all we've really seen is his striking power. We haven't seen, you know, he may come in and shoot for a takedown on Dominic Cruz because uh, he may have very good offensive wrestling. But uh, I guess we'll have to, you know, leave it up to that night. I, I don't really know how to feel about this fight. I'm not that excited about it. But looking up and down this card, uh, I am excited about some of the other matchups. And we'll start with uh, the third fight down the list, which is a rematch between heavyweights Cain Velasquez and Fabricio Verdum. First, both uh, former champions, uh, Verdum submitted Cain Velasquez the last time they fought. Do you see this one going differently or about the same? What are your thoughts, Jeff? You know, it's really hard to call this one. Uh, I don't think it's going to be the same at all. Mm -hmm. If Cain Velasquez comes in at 100%, I think he can win. But you can't leave out Fabricio Verdum, so it's so hard to call. But um, I'm really excited for this fight, as well as the Cruz Garbron fight. I think we're gonna. I think Dominic Cruz can take Garbron into some really unknown territory. Uh, but going back to last versus Verdum, I don't know how to call it, dude. Um, both of them are good strikers. Mm-hmm. They both have really, really high level grappling. Sure. So it's like. They're both good everywhere, so it's going to be a barn burner. Yeah. The only point of comparison you could use is um, that both of their last fights were against Travis Brown, and Cain Velasquez ran through Travis Brown like a hot knife through butter, which kind of surprised everybody because we didn't know 
what Cain Velasquez was going to show up after such a long layoff. And at UFC 200, he completely dominated him. Whereas Fabricio Verdum had one of the worst fights of the year against Travis Brown, uh, where he actually uh, kicked Edmund Tarvidian <laughs> after the fight was over. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. And there was just a lot of weird things that happened in that fight. Travis Brown dislocated his finger and called a timeout, which you know fighters seem to be doing weird shit like that a lot lately. Um, but not a great performance from Verdum. And his performance before that, he got knocked out by the champ, uh, Stipe Miocic. So not on a terrible hot streak. I think Velasquez definitely has a lot more momentum going into this. And um, if either one of them is on a decline, it's got to be Fabricio. But like you said, he's very good at at uh, picking up uh, slick submissions. He definitely has a, a big reach advantage over Kane, which is why I think he was able to snatch up that guillotine in their first fight. So um, this one is is kind of a coin toss. You never know what mental state Fabricio Verdum is going to show up in either. So uh, if Kane Velasquez comes in uh, peak physical condition, if he doesn't have any injuries, I have to see him being the favorite there. Um, the next fight, really the least interesting fight to me on the entire card, and that's a welterweight match between Neil Magny and former champ uh, Johnny Hendricks. To me, ever since Usada came into the picture, Johnny Hendricks has not even been close to being himself. Uh, I think he's having trouble with his training camp, and I don't know. I, I see him kind of at the tail end here, and he's kind of grasping the last few fibers left in his career. And Magny's a tough guy. He's definitely a hard one to put away. He was on a, a mean hot streak for a while before he ran into Damian Maya. But he, even after that loss, he bounced right back, and he looked pretty good in his last fight. I'd have to see him favored here. Uh, I mean, we're looking at the at the lineup here on uh, SureDog, and even Johnny Hendricks' uh, picture looks defeated yeah. <laughs> in his uh, in his uh, thumbnail picture. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. That's my take on it. Uh, how do you feel about this fight, Jeff? I'm in the same boat as you. I think Neil Magny's got it, just because I feel like he can work harder than Johnny Hendricks. And Hendricks has been on, on a bit of a slide lately. He just mm-hmm. got knocked out by Josh Thompson. Josh Thompson? Steve Thompson, Wonder Boy. I apologize. Um, and, you know, I, I think he hit his peak. I think after his first fight with Robbie Lawler, where he won the title of the welterweight belt, I think ever since then, it's been a little bit harder for him to pick up the pieces. Yeah, uh, He did really well against Matt Brown in one fight, but I agree with you. I think he hasn't been himself lately since USADA came in and removed the um, rehydration through IVs. Yep, that definitely um, affected him. Yeah, so I just I don't see him pulling it out for this one. Yeah, what's funny is I thought that he actually lost that first fight with Robbie Lawler, and then the one that Robbie Lawler won... I thought Johnny Hendricks had won. So I thought he looked okay in that second fight. And then against Matt Brown. He also recently had a loss against uh, your boy, Kelvin Gastelum. But Everyone loses to Kelvin Gastelum. <laughs> it seems so. Um, I'm telling you, if he can make weight, he can be a really, really fun fighter to watch. Yeah. But um, I don't see this fight being a fun fight between Neil Magny and Johnny Hendricks. This, nope. this one I see... Uh, as a bathroom break fight, as I like to call it, yep. or a grab another beer fight, or a, you know check Twitter fight. Uh, I'm just not 
not into it. What I am kind of into, and which is uh, a sleeper fight, but I don't think it's the sleeper fight on the card, which I'll, I'll get to a little bit, uh, TJ Dillashaw and John Lineker. I mean, this has the making for some fireworks. Uh, Dillashaw obviously has had some very improved striking in his last couple of fights after training with uh, Dwayne Ludwig in Colorado. And we know John Lineker is one of the hardest hitters in the division. Uh, his only problem is that much like Kelvin Gastelum, as we were just talking about, uh, Lineker can't really make weight. So uh, dangerous fight for Dillashaw to take here because he's probably the number one contender in the division. Uh, by all rights, he should have had a rematch against Dominic Cruz, especially since their first fight was so closely contested. So uh, definitely a dangerous fight for him to take against a very powerful bantamweight. Uh, what's your breakdown on this, Jeff? Dude, this is, I agree with you. I think this is a sleeper. I think this has fight of the night written all over it, knockout of the night written all over it, because, mm -hmm. <laughs> because, one, TJ Dillashaw has developed some really nice knockout power, mm -hmm. working with Bang Ludwig, the way he said, and two, John Lineker, he can just knock you out at any time he chooses. Sure. So, uh, I agree with you 100%. This is a very dangerous fight for TJ Dillashaw to take. Like you said, he's the number one contender. He could have probably just waited for the winner of Dominic Cruz versus Cody Garbron mm -hmm. because he's proved himself. He just beat uh, Asunsao, I believe it was. Yep. Um, you know, just went to work on him. Yeah. So, But you know what? I credit TJ Dillashaw. We need some fighters who are not afraid to take on other fighters, Bill. Yeah. I mean, they're fighters. They get paid to fight. And that is what TJ Dillashaw is here to prove. And for him to take a dangerous fight, because we know John Lineker is probably, pound for pound, one of the most powerful punchers in the UFC right now. That's fair. So for him to take this fight, it's dangerous, yeah, but it could pay off huge, man. If he were to knock out TG, uh, John Lineker, I feel like I, I as if I were the Bantamweight champion, mm -hmm. I would start to sweat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with you. I don't see this being fight of the night here. I see TJ Dillashaw is coming in with a smart game plan and trying to uh, slow Lineker down, maybe hold him up against the cage, uh, maybe work his wrestling a little bit. I don't see him going out there and swinging for the fences against Lineker. If he does, then I agree with you. This definitely has fight of the night potential. But yeah, I like the fact that Dillashaw is taking a dangerous fight when he's a, a clear number one contender. What I don't like is... The fact that the UFC is just making whatever matches for titles they feel like making, mm. and it's starting to make the fighters lose respect for the idea of the title, mm. because, um, I mean, the lightweight division is a perfect example of this. You have a couple of guys who believe that they're the best in the world, and they're never going to get their shot at Conor McGregor because the UFC is protecting him, which, you know, may or may not be true. It's, it's fair to think that way. Uh, I could definitely see that argument. But the fact that guys are starting to speak out and say they don't care about the title, uh, that could be bad for the organization. Um, because if they don't care about the UFC title, then you start uh, losing more guys to go fight for other divisions where they can fight more regularly, they can get matchups they want, they can make more money. Um, so there, there's, a lot, there's a lot to weigh in on there. And uh, something else we need to weigh in on is that Jessica Andrade is fighting on this card, and she doesn't have an opponent as of yet, and this fight is 10 days away. So 
Who are they going to scrounge up to to face Jess Kondraj on such short notice, you think? That's the question of the day, Bill. I wish I had an answer for you, but I don't think anybody's lining up to fight Jessica Andraj. She She's scary, dude. Yeah, and she's looking great uh, ever since dropping weight down to uh, 115 pounds. So I guess, you know, she's ready to go no matter who they throw in there with her. And um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I mean, I know Carla Esparza needs a fight. Because she had to sell her Harley Davidson. Did you hear about this? No. She had to sell the Harley Davidson that she won in the Ultimate Fighter because she she needs money. Well, she hasn't fought since she lost to Joanna and Jacek, so yeah. I would imagine she needs money. Yeah. So I, I guess she's running into hard times. And actually, uh, Tito Ortiz actually offered to buy it off of her, and <laughs> and I guess keep it. As collateral and, and loan her some money, I guess. That that was a very awkward exchange. In any case, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Jessica Andrade fight, no matter who they put in there against her. Uh, Alex Garcia and Mike Pyle, uh, you care about this fight? No, not really. Neither do I. Uh, and Brandon Thatch versus um, Sabah Hamasi. Uh, Hamasi could be exciting. Brandon Thatch has had some exciting wins, but I, I don't think he's doing so well lately, and I don't, I don't really even care enough to look it up. Uh, hopefully it's a better fight than we anticipate. But here's what I think is the real sleeper fight on the card, and that's Tim Means versus Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Now, Oliveira's another one of these guys who's had trouble making weight lately, but I always find him to be an exciting fighter. He upset Will Brooks in his last fight, and even though he didn't make weight, uh, he broke his ribs with some body kicks, I think. And, you know, I and Tim Means is always exciting. It, that's He's a tough motherfucker. Yeah. So I, I see this as the sleeper fight of the whole card. And I don't know, it's kind of on that border of it could be on Fight Pass, it could be on FS1. Um, but, yeah, I, I could see this one being a real barn burner. What do you think? I agree, dude. Um, <clears throat> they both have very interesting styles. Oliveira, more of a grappler, and Tim Means, you know, he just likes to brawl. So, sure. so it is. It presents a really interesting matchup. But at the end of the day, I think Tim Means can pull it out, man. Yeah, I I think Tim Means definitely has to be the favorite in this fight. But, um, you know, Cowboy Oliveira is one of those guys you can't count out. I mean, he's he's got super technical Muay Thai. He's very powerful kicks. Um, but Tim Means is a tough dude, and he always has a good game plan. Something I'm surprised to see on the undercard, um, this is something that could have headlined a, a fight night maybe two years ago, and that's Tarek Safadine and Danyang Kim. Safadine is one of these guys who was like, uh, I don't know, one of these undefeated kickboxers or something like that, very high-ranked um, kickboxer in the world, and he was expected to come in and be a world beater in the UFC, but... It didn't necessarily work out that way, and uh, Stun Gun Kim was was talked about hugely for a while, but then he had a layoff. I think he had to do his time in the Korean military. Right. Yeah, I think um, a lot of countries outside of the United States, you have to serve in the military for about two years. Uh, so yeah, I think it was doing that. Uh, I know the Korean zombie is actually taking care of that now. Yeah. So that's why we haven't seen him in a while. So yeah, I think you're right. Sure. Yeah, and it is two years. In, uh, in South Korea there. So uh, another fight that looks really exciting 
um, and it's buried way on the undercard, is Louis Smolka and Ray Borg. So two guys who are uh, two really exciting flyweights, and Smolka got upset in his last fight, so uh, I'm sure he's going to come out really determined, and, and Ray Borg's a really exciting fighter, so, um, and, and those flyweights really fly, because they're really quick, so... So it's not just a clever name. Yeah, I think that's uh, maybe where they got it, or maybe it's because they weigh as little as flies. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, one or the other. I'm not sure the exact etymology there, but um, what do you think of this fight, and how do you see it going? Um, I really like Louis Smoka. He's really exciting to watch. However, I don't know too much about Ray Borg. Oh, yeah, well, Ray Borg is 92. And let's take a look at what notable wins he has here. He's never been finished. Uh, his last fight was actually a loss against Justin Scoggins. Okay, so both of these guys are coming off losses in a, a fairly thin division. So that explains why they're way down on the undercard. Um, but yeah, he's got a, he's got a couple of uh, submission finishes in the UFC. And Louis Smoka was submitted in his last fight. So... Uh, this could be a tough matchup for Smoka. I mean, two losses in this division uh, does not bode well for you because, again, it's not it's not a very heavily populated division, and it's pretty much been cleaned out. So once you get close to a title shot, you pretty much get it, and then you're fucked because Mighty Mouse is just dominating this division. And then uh, the first fight kicking off the card is uh, Antonio Carlos Jr., who is supposed to be uh, another world beater coming in as, as a world grappling champion, and he's fighting some guy. So <laughs> if that one's good, then uh, we'll probably see it on the highlights uh, in the in the post-show or something like that, but I, I don't really plan on tuning in that, that early for this card. So uh, looking up and down... On paper, uh, this card is is uh, it seems like it has a surprising amount of action here, considering it's only been promoted to feature Ronda Rousey. So, after talking about all these fights, I'm a lot more excited for this card than I was when I was thinking it's just the return of Ronda Rousey. Because uh, as a fight fan, that really doesn't appeal to me and I, I realize what they're doing and from a business standpoint from a marketing standpoint Ronda Rousey is by far one of the biggest names in the UFC probably only second to Conor McGregor at this point uh, she's one of the biggest draws so I can see why they did it that way um, but I, I'm looking forward to the rest of the scraps on this card what are your thoughts uh, kind of all-encompassing on this Jeff yeah, I was really excited for this card once I found out that Dominic Cruz and Cody Carbron were going to be on the same card as Ronda Rousey's return because I'm a big fan of Dominic Cruz myself as well as Ronda Rousey. Um, and I just, I love it. Top to bottom, the main card and a lot of the fights on the on the undercard look phenomenal. They look awesome. I think this is going to be a really good card. And I think that the Dominic Cruz-Cody Garbrandt fight is going to be a lot more exciting than you imagine, Bill. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's very possible. I mean, I definitely hope so. Um, and we did see uh, we did see Dominic Cruz and Uriah Faber share a nice moment last week. They shook each other's hands, and I guess that, you know they don't seem like 
the the type to really hold grudges longer than they need to go. So it's kind of good to see um, Dominic Cruz kind of make up with at least part of Team Alpha Male. And I, I just hope the fight is better than the trash talk has been. That's all I can hope for with this one. It definitely will be, dude. All right. I mean, let's remember, these guys aren't getting paid to interview or trash talk, Bill. They're getting paid to fight. That's very true, but um, traditionally they get paid more when they're able to trash talk well. <laughs> that's fair. But I still think that's going to be a really exciting fight. And I think really the only coin toss in here is Ronda Rousey versus Amanda Nunez. I feel like that fight might be a little boring. Yeah, I, I kind of am getting that feeling as well because I think Amanda Nunez could come out and play it kind of conservative because she doesn't want to rush in because that plays to Ronda's strengths, like I said earlier. And then, you know, Ronda might be a little bit tentative as well because, you know, she doesn't want to get her face kicked off again. But, uh, I mean, who knows? I, I hope we're wrong, and I, I hope that it's, you know, fight of the year. I hope it's another Cub Swanson uh, Duho Choi, <laughs> yeah, which was, uh, was a, a very pleasant surprise. Uh, in any case, is there anything else about this card or any MMA news in general you want to get off your chest? Uh, I can't really think of anything. Still disappointed in Daniel Cormier. Yeah. I, think, that's... I don't think he's living this down for a while. Yeah. It ruined UFC 206, Bill. It still turned out to be an awesome card. One of the best of the year, I think. Um, I guess it would have been a little better to have that matchup on there. Uh, any news on that? Whether that fight's been rescheduled or, or what's going on there? Nah, I have no idea. I know that Anthony Johnson turned down a fight against Gegard Mousasi, who was willing to step up and wait and fight him at UFC 206. And Anthony Johnson said no. I can't really blame him because he wouldn't have much to gain... Even if he beat Musasi, you know, he beat a guy who's really a middleweight moving up to light heavyweight, and that's still a risky fight. I mean, it would seem like Johnson would have a clear advantage there, but uh, Musasi has fought heavyweights before. I mean, he's yeah. fought Mark Hunt yeah. and handled him. Yeah. Um, so definitely too dangerous of a fight for Anthony Johnson to take, especially when he's in line for a title shot. Um, and I think Musasi is one of the most underrated middleweights on the roster, probably. All right. Well, I think uh, I'm really enjoying this Jameson castmates, so I think we should delve a little further into this. So if you're looking for an interesting liquor combination, Captain Morgan Cannon Blast uh, makes a pretty good shot to start off the night. Um, surprisingly spicy and uh, still pretty smooth. And pair that with your Jameson Irish Whiskey cask mates. Uh, we like the Stout Edition. I don't know what other editions are out there, but uh, I'm willing to check them out if you are, Jeff. Definitely. All right, so if you want to get in touch with Jeff, at Animal underscore Wilson on Twitter. And as always, if you want to send me a note, at MMA on the Rocks, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can go to MMAontherocks.com, and you can send me a message that way. Don't be shy. Let me know what you're thinking and drinking. If you're listening to the podcast anywhere else, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere else podcasts are potted. Are podcasts potted? Nah, they're not plants, dude. All right. Yeah. Anywhere else podcasts are are found and downloaded. Please uh, <laughs> subscribe and leave us a rating if you're digging the show. 
And if you're not, then uh, you know, contact us on social media and let us know what you don't like. Really rip into us. Uh, it won't bother us much because we drink a lot of whiskey, so it kind of deadens our emotions. All right, that's all we got for this week. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.